Hello, you're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for creatives and entrepreneurs seeking knowledge, purpose, and community. Brought to you by creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy, every episode is recorded at our headquarters in Niceville, Florida. We're excited to share our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors, all willing to share with you their diverse wisdom and experience. So happy to have you with us today. Let's get started. Hello. Welcome to Hello, Francis. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Chantel Dedeke, and I have with me today, Hillary Derso with Francis Roy. Hey, Hill. Hey. Okay. Let's just be transparent and be real. Hill and I are constantly looking for shit to talk about on the pod. That's relevant. I mean, always. we could talk about a bunch of stuff, right? <laughs> we, can al- we can always talk. We love to chit chat. We love to chit chat. I mean, we could talk to y'all about where we like to eat, where our best coffee places, what memes we're watching, what's going on on TikTok. But none of that is like really relevant to what we, the content that we bring you here on Francis Roy. And so we're very thoughtful and deliver, deliberate. And you will not believe how many behind the scenes conversations that Hill and I have had where we are like, oh, you talk about this. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. Or I'm like, what about this? And Hill's like, eh, I don't know. I think that there. I don't know. I just wanted to take a second to be like, this is with intention, which sets yes. the tone. Agreed. So it's, it's difficult. And after like over two years of working on this podcast, and we really love it because it's it's a good platform for us at Francis Roy to stay connected, but then also work on content for us too, which we don't always get to do because our client work is so front and center. But we are constantly having discussions about what we should bring to you that you're going to appreciate that is going to add something to your life in a valuable way. And I really like this mini series that we're starting today. And honestly, uh, we just thought of it this morning. And I love it. It's good. No shit. We just thought of it this morning. And when that happens, we just kind of like, okay, clear the decks. This is it. We really like it. And and news and like information is traveling so quickly anyways. I think it's appropriate that sometimes things are last minute and you're just like, this is a much more relevant topic for us to, to discuss. It is. It is. And I feel like we do this all the time where we it do. just, an idea sparks and we just completely, we're just like, Ooh, we're going to pivot. Cause this is way better. This is better. I'm excited yeah. about this. It is better. Hill. Okay. So for the next three weeks, we are going to bring to you a mini series on intrinsic motivation. And uh, I love this so much. So it's a <laughs> three, it's a three part series over the next three weeks where Hill and I are going to team up. Uh, we're going to bring you a little special guest in the middle here, but we're going to team up and we are going to talk about three topics, autonomy, which we're going to get into today, mastery and purpose. I think I might be obsessed with this. and. Yes. This is so good. I know. Well, okay. Intrinsic motivation. What is intrinsic motivation? So if we think about it, okay, I like to sometimes talk about like the definition of something by comparing it to what it is not. Mm-hmm. So intrinsic motivation is not being motivated by this concept, like the carrot and stick. So here's a, here's more money. I want you to be more motivated, right? Mm-hmm. That is not what intrinsic motivation is. So it's 
really that the key to motivation is found within us. It kind of is a little bit different per person, but it is, it cannot be pulled out of us by a treat or a reward or something tangible necessarily. We are motivated internally by these things. And once we figure out what motivates us, we can share that with other people, especially those who are responsible for leading us. And it really does create this environment for increased and enhanced creativity and productivity. Absolutely. So very excited. Today, we're gonna talk about autonomy, which is huge because Hill and I talk about this all the time. And again, we're going to bring to you our definition of autonomy is really kind of like the opposite. So what is it not? For us, autonomy is not compliance, right? So or conformity, really, right? Mm -hmm. I would say that. And our team is very, we have a lot of autonomy on our team. We do. And there are, and there are people actually on our team who are better at it than others from the perspective of they're just really comfortable with it. I struggle with it just a little bit. And we can I talk struggle, about that. I struggle with it too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think you struggle with? I think I struggle with actually, because what's, what's wonderful to me about the autonomy here as a part of our culture is I feel like there is time and I do have the the flexibility to say, okay, I have these personal things I need to do, but here's when I'm going to work to get them done. Such as that, like make those personal decisions for myself. And I struggle with adding in that personal stuff with all my other work. Right. Yeah. I will right. like that part, but I know I have it. I know it's not even a question like whether or not Like we can do that here. We absolutely can. We have the flexibility because the work always gets done. It's always wonderful. And not everyone is creative during the same periods and all that. Right. But there is something about it. I need to get better at with adding in the personal time. Well, I think it kind of really hits on, I found this great little piece on the internet because the internet is full of information about autonomy. Autonomy is not just having the agency or the authority to make decisions in the workplace but Mm -hmm. it is knowing and feeling that you have control over the direction of your own life so whether Mm -hmm. that is in your office and and I totally acknowledge that we don't all have the privilege or the luxury to be able to have this as something to consider so you know just putting that out there there are especially workplaces that are really really strict in structure but for us in a creative field autonomy is incredibly important because conformity yes. and, and compliance can be just complete it can kill creativity and our ability to be creative so we need to be able to have flexibility in terms of like you know what are we doing with our day how are we spending our day yes And, you know, how much independence we actually have throughout the course of even like projects or whatever, but balancing that with, okay, we have these deadlines, we need to make time for collaboration as a team, we do have to be Mm -hmm. together uh, physically, it kind of ties a little bit into remote work, not really, I mean, it it does to a certain extent. It does, it does a little bit, because I will say like, to, to that point on the remote work, I think because not every person on our team is in office, I think 
even in office though, even uh, us that are here at the office um, almost daily, I think a part of why our autonomy runs so smoothly is because even if someone chooses a different time that they're most creative or when they prefer to work or whatever that looks like, or they need to take that day or whatever, we all are strong communicators and that keeps everything right. flowing to me. Right. Well, communication is everything. Yeah. So um, I feel like that you have, you feel comfortable in the flexibility of everyone else because everyone's still keeping everyone in the loop. Like, Hey, if I'm going to be doing this, not, you know, I have the autonomy to be able to leave, to go to this appointment, whatever, here's where I've left off or whatever that looks like. Yeah. I mean, I think it also ties into like micromanagement as well, you know, having this freedom, right. To make decisions and then knowing that you have a team that has your back regardless of what those decisions are. Mm-hmm. I mean, transparently, we really work on that. It's difficult. There are di- there are people who have more decision-making autonomy in our team than others. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we all should feel the freedom to do what needs to be done for the betterment of everybody, right? Like, mm-hmm. we don't need to have a million unnecessary emails and meetings about things that we can just make decisions on, which is hard to do. <laughs> it's very hard to do. It's very hard to do. It's even harder to do, I think, if you're remote. Yes. I honestly feel less autonomous. Like, I feel like I have less control over my life when I'm working remotely. Yeah, I can, I can, understand, I can understand that too. I, I feel like there is more. I mean, I'm certainly self-governing when I'm working remotely, but I feel this pull back into the office. Case in point. I don't feel great today and I'm working from home and, you're home and yes. And there is something in my brain about the nine. I, I, I keep thinking like, okay, when five o'clock comes around, the workday will be over for our team. I, I just kind of like subconsciously have been thinking that all day when yeah. in reality, I never work nine to five ever but I'm only acutely aware of it when I'm not in the office. Do you think that's because, do you feel like when you're in the office, it's an easier way to like collaborate or just feeling like wheels are going? Like, how does that, what do you think? Why do you think that is? No, I think it's because I've been brainwashed by corporate America. Mm. I think it's probably why I think that there is a tie between me being the oldest and most experienced person on our team and the Mm -hmm. fact that I have a problem with breaking the nine to five. Mm -hmm. But I don't expect it from anybody else on the team. Yeah. Right. And even if I am not feeling well as the business owner, I still call in sick to you and Janae. Yeah. It's so weird and I cannot shake it. And I think that that is why it's difficult for supervisors and leaders in my age group to offer autonomy because it is not a part of the way we were raised. Yeah. You got up, you got your shit together, you got into the office, everybody's in traffic flowing at the same time and you did your business and you left and you went home and you made dinner or whatever you're going to (laughs) do. But the world is not like that anymore necessarily and it's it is very difficult to break I I spend more time on feeling comfortable with offering it than I do with adhering to it Mm. so I can definitely see the struggle and and a lot of my peers people are the same age as me you know when I talk about how much 
independence our team has, you can tell it's just like, uh -uh. they're never going to offer that to their employees ever because they don't trust or for whatever reason that they're working. Right. See, that's, and that's, that's where my question goes. Like just as an employer, do you think it's because we're in a, like you said earlier, like not all companies have the freedom to offer so much autonomy in the workplace. So maybe it's because we're a creative agency and have that type of offering, but is it hard for employers to offer that? Like, I don't know. Like I, I can see, cause I guess, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't, I obviously have just thinking in my brain like that. You said trust. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, do you think about that or. Yeah. I mean, I, through the years, like leading other teams, there have been people that I've trusted more than others mm -hmm. for sure. There are people who just take advantage of autonomy, right, of having right, the ability right. to self-govern, govern. Like, and so there is a little bit, and when you own a business and you see the bottom line impact of that, if you can't track people down or you don't think that they're actually working in real life, mm -hmm. like it does cause, cost you money, especially in a business like ours that is dominated by the billable hour. Yeah. Like, yes. you know what I mean? So that mm -hmm. there is like money out of the door for sure. But it's so interesting because there are so many, there's so much new technology like Zoom, which we're using right now mm -hmm. and Slack and, you know, Asana and whatever. And they're created to provide more autonomy so that people don't have to like check in with an individual, but can keep moving projects along. However, now kind of at the end of, or like 18 to two months, two years into like a lot of people working remotely and not going back into the workforce, like they're putting timers on Slack and things like that, because they want to make sure that you're at your desk working. Well, that's, that's not self-governance. That's not independence. It isn't. No, it's, it is this illusion that you have self-governance, but you because you're working have the tools. That's literally right. It. Right. Like the ability to work remotely does not equate to having autonomy in the workplace. Absolutely not. And so I do think that there is this sort of like illusion, like, oh, I can work from home. Um, newsflash, if you have to put up a green screen in your car to go pick up your child, you do not have autonomy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. That is not what that is. <laughs> being being able to oh man I can't even remember when this study came out but I'll never forget it because I heard Dan Pink talk about it when I was in Las Vegas and he was talking about it was kind of a new concept at the time but I want to say oh man maybe it was Google it was some other big huge like Fortune 100 company or whatever that was implementing like an 80-20 week mm -hmm. and it was this concept that 80% of the week, you, and when you clocked in, whatever, you were dedicating to this, to your work, but you had flexibility with the other 20%. So if your kid had a soccer team tournament, mm -hmm. you had dentist appointments or whatever, you had the ability to move that or that time around and, and just have some lifetime in the work week. So not mm -hmm. an additional 20% to your 48 hours, but 20% of your 40 hours was like flexible to you. That mm -hmm. is what self-governance looks like. It's having the flexibility to have a little direction in your week 
without having someone dictate what you're doing every single minute. And the, I, I'm going to find it because I think <laughs> it's super important, but something about the create the productivity and, and the creativity, um, increased. Um, I'm looking it up right now. I was going to say, because that makes sense to me that your creativity and productivity would increase. If you had the freedom to work on projects when you want, and you didn't have the stress of not making your kids soccer game or those things, like you're removing all that because you have the freedom to redo your day so you can make time for that. Right. Which is, which is a very hot topic because I want to say like four people that I know are reading that book, the four hour work week, mm -hmm. Tim Ferriss's book. Yeah. Well, I haven't even, I am, I am afraid to pick that book up. <laughs> I, I don't know that I, I, first of all, I assume that it's not as, it's not really people are working four hours a, day, a week. Right. How could, how could you do that? There's no possible way. I don't believe it. It can't be only four hours an entire week. I don't think so. I certainly can't work four hours. Well, I was going to say, they're, they're, not, they're not in the marketing industry, if that's the case. Right. I could probably work four hours a day. Like if I got that's really... different. Mm -hmm. Yes. So if we're talking about the idea of an 80-20, which is the Pareto principle. If, you t I could, if I practiced 80-20 like I should, I could work four hours a week, a day. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Like, <laughs> you know... I don't know, but it goes back to like outside of owning your own business that to me, that's extreme self-governance, right? No, no companies you're going to go in and you're going to be like, Hey, I read this book and it uh, looks like I need you to keep my pay at the normal, but I really only need to work four hours a week. Like that. That's, is that's a hard, hard sell. It's not applicable in real life. <laughs> like no, there's a balance. There's yeah. got to be a balance. And you kind of have to make your own formula for what worked for you. I think this goes back to last week when I was talking about the, the, the four best skills, right? Or the week before, the best, mm -hmm. the four best skills or the four skills that every leader has to have. Yes. Well, that's absolute bullshit. Mm -hmm. No no one person, no one CEO, no one business leader, no one anything is doing everything the exact same way. We're not all the same. So how can we be doing something the exact same, you know? No. So how can autonomy be the same for everyone? It doesn't. It looks, it looks different for everybody. It looks different for everybody. And then in turn, that ties back to intrinsic motivation. Mm -hmm. Everyone is motivated by something different. Yes. Some people, I mean, from a, like a, a reward perspective, some people are motivated by money. I'm not motivated by money. And actually, I don't know a lot of people who are motivated by money. I feel like it's rare to find somebody who is motivated monetarily. But some people are, you know. I'm not motivated uh, by money either. No, I, I mean, money is great. But if you were to be like, hey, I'll give you $1,000 for this, that might necessarily get me out of bed in the same way that something like, like, oh, you have the ability to like create a big vision for this, whatever. Or you can like completely disrupt and change the uh, cycle and structure of this, like whatever project. That's kind of stuff really motivates me. And some people are motivated by like validation. Some people, you know what I mean? There's like so many other things. There is. There's, no, there's not one bit of motivation, but having the ability 
to self-govern is one of those motivators. And I think it's something that as we start to get very, very competitive as an agency and looking for the best and the brightest people on our team, we are going to have to be very committed to the flexible offering of autonomy. Mm-hmm. Janae and I had the most interesting conversation this morning. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, Hill and I were talking the other day about how these companies are offering unlimited PTO. And I'm like, how in the hell can they do that? Oh, that's, that, that was my reaction too. How does that work? I, I, I just don't, well, if someone's getting the work done, so the productivity is there, right. is there really any argument? Like what if someone did get all their work done in three hours? Do they take off the rest of the week? So it's really interesting. I think that there's a bit of a balance. Like I, you know this, I don't need to see people all the time. Yeah. And I don't need people to see me. And so I trust the people that we've hired to do their work. Yeah. So that to me, autonomy and trust go like little best friends. Yeah. You know, I provide autonomy when the trust is there. And I think on the flip side, you ask for autonomy when you know that the trust is there too, right? Mm-hmm. Because, so it's not a one-way street for the business owner. Like you have to create an environment where autonomy can be asked for. Yeah. So it is very interesting, but that don't work for everybody because I know that we've had people on our team where I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> Absolutely not. So just because someone is motivated by the ability to have control over their life 100% and to have total self-governance in the workplace, it's not always a good match. I'll tell you this right now. If you are listening to this episode (laughs) and you work from home and you are like the kind of person, I saw this TikTok the other day where it was like, okay, the last two hours on a Friday, watch me work. Watch me get the whole week's worth of work in. <laughs> I am not, I'm not talking to you. This is, <laughs> this is not for you. Uh-uh, absolutely not. That's stupid. Oh Be- because I think businesses were seen as this like unhuman producer of demand. Yeah. But businesses are made up of people and they're usually owned by individuals just like you and me. So at the end of the day, a business has to generate revenue or people who work there don't have jobs. Right. So there is a balance when you have people on your team, individuals who require autonomy in order to be motivated. I think you have to have a conversation with those people and really talk about what they need. And we've done that in our team. There are certainly more people on our, there are people on our team who require more self-governance than others, but we're all kind of okay with it because the people who don't really require it need something else. Right. Exactly. I don't think there's a single person on our team who does not have like a customized motivation conversation with me. Right. Yeah, sure. Like what motivates you, what's important to you, Mm -hmm. what makes you get up in the morning and, you know, and work. Yeah. Because we have to do that. Oh man, this is a huge conversation. Maybe it's going to be a six part series, two part. I don't know. It's so, it's so good though. And I feel like autonomy in my brain too, because it goes hand in hand with trust. It also builds, like, I feel like it, 
with ownership to me, I feel like it also like increases loyalty. It would probably help. It would probably trickle in and help with like your passion for your work. It cuts the monotony. Yes. It kind of breaks that. I mean, I think exactly what you're saying is true, but then, you know, one of the questions you asked me as we were prepping it is, is it hard to provide it? And the answer is yes, it is hard to provide it. Because there, there sometimes is no replication for being able to walk next door in my office and say, hey, can you do this very quickly? Well, that's what I mean, because we've come across that, you know, a handful of times. And I think, obviously, I've worked other places in this agency and no, they don't didn't have any autonomy in that, you know, those situations. But I mean, I feel like it's hard for me. And I don't know if that goes. I mean, that could be me struggling with autonomy or it could be struggling some other way. But I'm very like that. I'm much more needing to be around people, to be collaborative. So it's for me like that in-person stuff is very, you know what I mean? Like I'm constantly looking for that. Yeah. So I don't know. It's so interesting because we need to feel like we have control over our own circumstances. Yeah. And by not feeling like that, we do resist in other ways. But to your point, there is a very healthy balance. It, it is more of a give and take on both sides. And, and it's not really sides, but, you know, asking for what you need that motivates you, whether it, and if that is more time, I kind of feel though, in these three, just as it, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see what this last discussion is going to be like, Hill, mm-hmm. but I feel like of the three, if I had to guess, I think you are more motivated by purpose. I am. I feel like yeah. that 100%. Yeah. That's going to be a good one because I am also motivated by purpose. And I, if we go to the Enneagram, I think we were discussing this, but our numbers are very motivated by purpose. Very much. So definitely the greater good, the bigger picture for sure. It is. It'll be very, very, it's very interesting. Well, I, I think we could also go into just like, what does it mean to really struggle with autonomy? But you know, that could be almost a whole nother episode. I know, I know, you but know, to be transparent though, I do. I know I struggle with it. Yeah, I know I do. I do too. But it's good that I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it. And then I want to be, learn to be much better with it and, and at it for sure. Well, I think that we can definitely answer from just this discussion. It is important to have autonomy in the workplace. Yes. To provide it and to receive it. Mm-hmm. And it does help certain types of businesses grow. If we're looking at maximizing productivity and creativity, it's certainly a match for us. It is difficult from the business owner's perspective to offer it in some cases, depending on what the structure of your business is like. Mm-hmm. It is uniquely interesting and important for startups. I mean, you, there is a balance that's required, but I think it, you know it definitely is unique in that respect. And I love this last question are, you know, do we do a disservice to our employees by not providing more autonomy? So I think, oh gosh, and then, you know, this is going to get me into a soapbox a little bit that will uh, result in another thing. It is not up to the business to always provide what you're looking for. It's, I'm going to, honestly, I'm going to say something right now that's going to piss some people off. It's the wage gap thing too. If you, I'm almost kicking myself. The wage gap, the women, we have to ask for our value. Yeah. You have to ask for what is important to you. If you are not receiving what you want in the workplace, you must ask. 
Now you might not always get it, but you have to ask. So is it is an employer doing a disservice to their employees by not providing more autonomy? It depends. Has the employee identified that autonomy is important to them? Because I'm not necessarily going to apply, uh, provide a blanketed solution for the entire team because everybody is innately different. We've learned that. Some people That's, do not want autonomy, right? It's so good. It, well, that is, that, is, that is accurate. I mean, I have a hard time with autonomy. But like, just ask, I mean, you know, but I think you have to ask for what motivate you so and that's what we're asking for Mm -hmm. i I agree i think that's really important and you and you've always you know you we've had discussions before about asking you know asking your value and that it isn't all on the employer it isn't and it shouldn't be because how are they going to know what you want if you don't have a discussion or what you need maybe or how is it even a discussion period if you're not hey like this is really what motivates me this is really what i need is there any way we can like come to a solution for this yeah just like open the conversation, open the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Open the conversation. And it needs to be happening on both sides. Employers need to provide an environment where people feel comfortable asking important questions. Yes. And then employees need to ask for what is important to them. And, you know, meeting those things in the middle really provides both sides with what they need because it's, you know, and obviously this doesn't work for everyone, but I, I think we should be asking for what is important to us as people. And if you're in a workplace where you're terrified, that's a whole nother discussion. And I hate to be devil's advocate here, but ask for what we all need to be able to ask for what we need and what we want, but also be ready to like, for a form of compromise. Like you don't always just get what you want. Right. Cause I feel like that's hard. And I know people don't like that. I don't want to hear that, but <laughs> I certainly don't want to hear that. I hate yeah, that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I can't, I can't always get what I want and I don't like it, but I, I don't like your it point. That's the way the world works. It is, you know, you can muster up the courage to ask for something big and it not happen. This totally reminds me of like one of my girlfriends back in Wyoming. She's a lawyer and I'm not going to name her, but she's an incredible person. And I remember she, got pregnant and this so this was like 10 years ago Hill Mm -hmm. you know the world has changed so much in 10 years it's crazy yeah but one of the big ones is like 10 years ago I was your age you know (laughs) it's hideous to me anyway so she was pregnant she's having a baby very by a very high stress high performer and I remember her asking and and just having discussions with us asking her employer like look I need to have more flexibility. I can't even imagine to be a good mother. Like I can't even imagine how difficult that is in a field like the law. Yeah. When you're, when you're striving towards partner, like, and and she ended up making partner. She ended up getting some of those provisions, not just for herself, for the other people, the other women in her firm later on. See, and that's amazing. And if she would have never said anything, who would? Yeah. Who was going to change that? It it couldn't be on the employer just to wake up one day and be like, well, this is the new thing. It probably took her, it sounds like it took her asking for what she wanted, what she needed, what she knew was best for her. Mm -hmm. And then that conversation happened and look what the result of that conversation was. And again, not that that is always the case, but in the best cases, it works out like that. But she did her homework because she she was smart. She was like, look, you know, here are the statistics. This is also the type of employee I am. I am going to be better when I'm here. 
When I'm here, I'm going to be more productive. I'll be more efficient. I'll be a better team player. I'm going to be able to make more money for the firm or whatever that is. I know that about myself. This is what I can do. You know, and then having an employer that's willing to like really put you on a trial basis to see if that's true. But I can tell you the flip side of that is not to be like, hey, um, yeah, I don't actually want to be here every day. So exactly. That was just going through my brain. It's like, if there was more people like your friend, (laughs) because that is so, you know, I mean, so many, I feel like a lot of people also, you got to remember, it can't just be like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Like, do your homework. Do your homework, show value, show identify value. your, yes, identify what motivates you, ask for in a way that is strategic and shows value, not just to your, not just to yourself, right, you know, but, to, but to the place that you work that hopefully you love and, you know, you feel like you're doing good work there. Yes. And, and family is very important to me. I love having the family conversation with people in our workplace. Like, Hey, I just need this. I need to be with my kid right now. Or I, you know, Hill, you have two nieces who I love, by the way. Like, I really just want to be with them on these important days. Why you should, no, nobody should ever feel fear asking to be able to do those things. We should have the ability to self-govern and go do what is important to us. And we, we kind of talked about this on one of the, oh, it was the generational series, but I feel like this goes in line with the weird millennials, we collectively have this weird thing about asking for time and we feel guilty doing it. And it's not from, we all collectively said, it's not from the employer. It's not even that we've been in situations where the employer is putting pressure on us to not feel like we have autonomy or the flexibility. It's just something in our generation that we feel is wrong. Like when we're not working, that's not what we're supposed to do. Well, that is because to be fair to you guys, you guys have been labeled as lazy. And entitled. And when you're not lazy and entitled, and the stereotype is right there above you, like Eeyore's cloud, if you do anything in the direction of laziness and entitlement, it is going to trigger you. Mm. And it really is how we've been collectively unfair to the millennial generation and Gen Z, really. Yeah. Because it's like, we're going to control you with fear-induced stereotypes. That's not fair. Right. Because it's the same thing that we did to really strong women. Mm-hmm. Well, if you speak out, if you're different, if you do this, you're a bitch. Then you're the, yes, exactly. Immediately later. Right. Yeah. So don't do those things. Mm-hmm. And then you won't receive that label. We just got to push past that. Yeah. You know, you just got to push past that because the reality is the people who think that about you, you're not going to be able to be productive with them anyways. Right. No, that's so true. So it's just so interesting. I really love this conversation, which is why this has lasted so long. I know. I really, I really guys, do. it's almost an hour, but I, th- I, we hope that you guys stick around with us for the other two mm-hmm. episodes, because this is an important conversation about what motivates us. And it isn't what we expect, right? There are these unexpected needs in order to feel motivated and how we're going to tap into that. So Hill and I are going to be with you for three episodes. This Ooh. one, the next one is mastery. And we're really excited because we have a special guest, which you guys know him, <laughs> but still, we've never really talked about this topic with him before. And it's something that we all behind the scenes know about this person. And then Hill and I are going to finish it out with purpose, which we think we're really going to love because while she and I don't know that much about autonomy, we know a ton about purpose. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> and you guys are going to love it. 
So anyways, if you have any questions for us, you can email them uh, to Hillary, Hillary at FrancisRoy.com. And guys, that is Hillary with two L's and two E's. Don't act a fool. Like, you so get much. it right. Yeah, you're welcome. Stop spelling her name wrong. Y'all know what it is. And just for the record, for the flip side, it's not Chantel. It's Chantel. Thank you. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm also two L's and two E's. She is two L's. Yeah. So Chantel at FrancisRoy.com or to make it super easy for everyone. Hello at FrancisRoy.com. We have a new website coming out soon, but we're, you guys are going to see that, but I, I don't want to say it right now in case it's not ready, but I think it's going to be ready by the time this airs. And if you have any questions for us, like if you're motivated by something that if you are motivated by money, let me know. I want to know that because maybe we tack on a fourth. I don't know. We'll see. We hear back. You know what's really in, you know what's interesting? You should tell really quick. I know we're trying to wrap this up, but I believe you and your brother on the Enneagram Eight episode talked about people are motivated by something and finding their motivation is so important. Yes, my brother is actually obsessed with finding people's motivation. Yeah, I'm gonna say if anyone wants yeah. to go back and listen to that episode, it was really good about that as well. That's a really good point. I had totally forgotten about that. Well, this has been great. So for the next two Mondays, this Monday, then the two previous next following, we're going to have some fun stuff for you guys. Please let us know if you have questions. And then a lot of y'all text me after episodes. Just go ahead and keep doing that. Whatever. You know, it'd be great. It'd be great for our engagement, though, if you would do it on Facebook. Yes, please. Okay, so we'll see you in a couple weeks or we'll see you next week. And then for the week after, email us your questions listen to this episode now also on Amazon Music. So cool. See you then guys.